0: On this episode of Sessions, we chat with Jackie DJ Zhu, founder of Shower Cap. Tune in to hear the beauty boss elaborate on the start of the brand and the five things that you need to keep in mind when taking a product from basic to noteworthy. Welcome to Sessions by Matt Black, a podcast by and for the creative class focused on digging into the things that make brands and campaigns go from good to great. I am Chelsea Matthews. I'm the founder and creative director of Matt Black, and I am really excited to be sat with Jackie today, who is all the way across the country in New York City, uh, and she is the Beauty boss and founder of Shower Cap. Now, do you say it
1: "shower cap" or is it just "shower cap"? <laughs> um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, I do. Just hold the sh- shower love cap. It, it depends. I love it. Depends how saucy we're feeling, you know. Sometimes yeah. my team will extend it, but in casual conversation, sometimes we just say it like "shower cap," regular, generic. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank
0: you. Thank you so much for being here. And before we kind of really dive into the meat of what we're going to talk about today. I always like to start with a few quick fire questions to get to know you a little bit better. So, what are you watching on
1: Netflix right now? *Headman's Tale* all day. <gasps> I burned through it. I just—it's yeah. so relevant right now, especially. It's so well acted. It's—it's it's fascinating, but it's also terrifying. Um, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. I had yeah. to like.
0: Pause button on it for a minute, cause so I'm like, man, this is uh, this is getting into my head. But it is so good, I agree.
1: It's almost uh, good though that it gets into your head because it activates you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what's your guilty pleasure? Uh, so that was a great uh, watch on Netflix. But my guilty pleasure is like Pretty Little Liars embarrassing teen dramas like anything on <laughs> anything on like uh what used to be abc family in Freeform. it's just like the way people feel about reality television is the way that i feel about those stupid shows i watched from <laughs> season one to the finale and i hated slash loved every minute of pretty little liars but that's like my oh uh, yeah. i'm with also, you also do you know about riverdale i had to stop because it was almost too bad even for me but um it's I, the Archie comic books. It. I loved it. <laughs>
0: really? I loved it. Yes. I was like fully, fully on board with Riverdale. Very on board. I'm
1: so glad I'm not alone. Um But you're you're a creative, right? Like yeah. it was almost like the coloring in the footage like through me. It was too dark. I can see that, too. And
0: I also didn't know the Archie comics tie-in until, like, episode two. And I was like, this is really weird that all their names are the same. And then I was like, oh, wait, they are those characters. And then I was thrown again. But I was like, I was in it. I was in it at that point. It threw you back in. Yeah. (laughs) Give me a varsity jacket. And I'm like, good (laughs) to go. Like, I'm watching it. (laughs) I just love
1: that Archie is, like, hot now.
0: I know. I know. I think he was meant to be hot in the comic book, too. It just was a different time. (laughs) Totally. Um, <laughs> and <laughs>
1: what, what would you say is your victory song so this is actually a really interesting story my victory song is Beta Love by Ra Ra Riot so while I was in development for Shower Cap I was figuring it out running back and forth to the Garmin District sample rooms like literally problem solving on the daily and this song was on heavy rotation and it Like the lyrics are like, I will find my beta love, my beta love, now we're getting closer. And it just, it like continued to drive me to um, push through whatever it was I was solving. It like reminded me that this was a work in progress. It like has such a place in my heart. So now when it comes on or we celebrate with it, it's so nice because it just like throws me right back to what was three and a half years ago now when like I didn't even know that this was gonna actually be a thing you know like i just knew that like fabric wasn't waterproof and i was freaking out <laughs> that's awesome i wish we could garner the licensing rights to play that in
0: this podcast but that is probably doubtful um but that's a good one i'm gonna i'm gonna throw that on next time i need a bit of a you know victory dancer motivator it's a good one um yeah so, Jackie, tell me about you. I mean, as you said, Shower Cap is three and a half years in the making, maybe even longer. You know, in your in your mind before then. But what's your what's been your career trajectory? What brought you to where you are today and to creating this really rad brand?
1: Thanks. Um, I'm glad you think it's rad. the The origin, um, you know, I was always kind of a rebel and. I was an only child, so I was forced to kind of learn how to articulate and be confident speaking to adults from the age of five. Um, my first ever job was on TV. My mom is a hairdresser and makeup artist. My dad owns a set design company. So I grew up on stage and on set. And first I wanted to be on Broadway. Um, and I outgrew that when I was in my early teens, but my dad brought home a one-show annual from the New York Public Library. And it really, it stuck with me. I, I read it cover to cover and I just became obsessed with what advertising was and why these tools for communication were powerful and why one print ad could make you laugh and another one could just like allow you to stare at it because it was so pretty. Um, And I was lucky enough to know that I wanted to be an art director going into college because it really helped to tailor my curriculum um, and, quite frankly, where I went to school. And then when I graduated, um, I just started working in advertising. I started as a junior designer my first year, um, and then I... Moved to Chicago, got my first art direction job at BBDO, and started to climb the advertising corporate ladder, which is about as corporate I think as you know creative professions can get. Um, and I was working on some really great brands. You know, I was in advertising for about a decade, and I had touched everything from like Wrigley gum to um, Altoids, Midol, Miller Lite, Google. Uh, YouTube, Vice, like a wide range of things and there got to be a point in my career where I was working on Olay and Clinique and a lot of beauty brands and it just so happens that that was about the same time that I was searching for a shower cap and because I was an art director and my husband is um, the design director for Coca-Cola, it like everything in our house is chosen based on aesthetics. I always say that it doesn't have to be like luxury or premium, um, but I love and appreciate thoughtful design, whether it's a $2 ice cube tray or, you know, something that's just kind of clever that you find in a dollar store, um, all the way up to investing in a nice purse because it'll last you longer because it's made that way. Um, And because of that, when I go to search for products, I have these qualifiers, right? Like I'll type in most, you know, fashionable mop or um, prettiest, you know, solo cup. And those things normally lend me to places on the internet that either curate design-focused brands or, you know, the landing page of an e-commerce who did that already. Um, And when I went to go search for a shower cap, it was like... It wasn't that nothing came up with fashionable shower cap or cool shower cap. It was what did and what that was and recognizing that what was out there wasn't my definition of fashion or the word cool or anyone else's and because I worked in advertising the ability to kind of build this tension around an entire category outside of just you know one campaign or one brand um, but really spin this whole thing on its head, um, it just became too much of an opportunity to ignore. and. That's what led me to the idea, and I just, like, I was laser focused from day one. It's not like it was sitting in the back of my notebook. I just I just started. Um, and because I was creating the product that I wanted to exist in the world, um, and I knew I was solving the problem for my friends who weren't washing their hair every day but also weren't using shower caps, because I was doing both of those things, it allowed me to stay really tight in my development um because I was able to kind of make decisions based on what my gut said and I always credit New York City to being kind of like my partner in crime in the beginning because I was solo you know I didn't raise any money I didn't um have a prototyping agency I just had hustle and grit and and resourcefulness and being in a city like this I had access to sample rooms. I had access to people um, who knew someone who knew someone that worked in design, and like those types of threads were what enabled me to to really figure it out and get it off the ground. Um, That's amazing. And and just
0: to just to even like backpedal. I, I mean, I want I have a, a ton of questions, but what even brought you? to the realization, like what brought you to even searching for a shower cap? Because I think, you know, if I look at this from the most naive outside point of view, um, you think of a shower cap as a plastic, see uh, through, you know, elastic band that you get in hotel toiletries, right? Or Or maybe something that like your grandmother had that was much more beautiful. But ultimately, I kind of think you know, uh, from, a, from a market research standpoint, like what kind of drove you to, to really seeing the, the market opportunity in, in this? Or was it really like something that like you needed a shower cap personally, and then you, you noticed that there was literally nothing out there that a, a, appeased your design sensibility?
1: Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head. It's all of those things. Um, what, sparked, what sparked the journey was that I knew that I needed one. Um, what sparked the insight to set out to redesign it and reinvent it is because I knew that everything else out there was so horrible Um, and also like the cultural perception around the category was so much one thing that the opportunity to flip it 180 was like going to be very literal Um, and then from there you know we talk a lot about this but the rise of blowout bars you know, Dream Dry and Dry Bar are only two of them. There are franchises across the country where women are paying strictly for, for blowouts. Um, so there's that, but also the rise of dry shampoo and those, those categories and that girl isn't always that same girl. Um, and then also realizing that, you know, it's not, It's not that no one was using them, which is something that I talk about a lot. It's just that everyone was embarrassed to talk about it, um, or a lot of people were. You know, in certain groups or certain hair types, it's much more common. Um, Even certain countries, like in the UK, um, they're commonplace. Every bathroom has a shower cap. But in America, it's it's not that no one uses one or quite frankly, that no one needs one. It's just that they were not at the forefront of the conversation. You'd hide them like you'd hide tampons and you'd never talk about them with your friends. And we always talk about the fact that right now, where we've launched and the girl that we sell to is not necessarily the shower cap user the hope is that the product is so good and it's so beautiful that we capture her by just her knowing that we exist but who we really focus on are the 90 percent of women who don't wash their hair every day and that's where this you know multi-million dollar opportunity turns into the next banks and that's that's what excites us
0: um and i think that
1: actually segues you know
0: into this conversation around disruptive brands, which which you can categorize yourself to be for sure. Um, you know what, to, in, in your mind, what makes a brand disruptive versus not disruptive, and would you agree that you kind of fit into that category, or did I typecast
1: you in the wrong way? <laughs> I mean, if I am going to have labels, that's one that I love. Um, For me, a disruptive brand is any brand that breaks through the clutter by choosing to do things differently. So for me, a shower cap definitely does this um, because my entire approach has been to do the opposite of everyone in the shower cap quote unquote category has done before me. Um, I knew that I wanted to create a shower cap that anyone who didn't use a shower cap would still wanna wear, they'd wanna buy, they'd wanna talk about and that piece of things has been really powerful because we're seeing that since we've launched, the product itself, because of how much time I spent designing something that was beautiful and investing in, you know, RIP and and speaking to women about what they wanted, um, we almost like overshot it because they're using them in the shower, obviously, but, We've seen, you know, over the past couple of years that it's actually transcending the shower space. So, without much prompting from us, this summer especially, um, our most frequently asked customer service question is if you can swim with it, and you can. You know, we don't recommend it for underwater laps, but for the girl who doesn't want to ruin her blowout, you know, at a pool party or on a floaty. Um, you know, to women that are splashing around in the ocean on their honeymoon and chicks that are wearing them in the rain even. And then there's also this other really interesting piece because of the functionality that's built in is that women are using them for hair masks and also to keep their hair back while they're using face masks. So in that regard, like, not only are we proving ourselves to be the coolest, most innovative shower cap, but we're really kind of creating this new category of waterproof turbans in the fact that we're living in spaces outside of just the shower cap space. And that's the piece that it's just like mind blowing. Oh, for sure. And would you say, I mean, given the fact that you have
0: a background in art direction, would you say that to some extent your creative led people into viewing the product in a broader light or would you say the latter because you
1: know a thousand percent because when
0: i look at you yeah when i look at your feed now it's like it totally comes through that i feel like it's almost like a a a style like it's an accessory as much as it is a necessity and or like a household item that you would use regularly and i I think that your creative really speaks to that
1: yeah we try to we try to treat it like a lifestyle brand you know, we try to, we try to treat it like a, a fashion brand and we always have. So when I first, um, when I first launched, you know, that has translated to everything from the fact that we didn't just have product images that we sent out or even just pictures of it on women. Like we called, we called that shoot a lookbook at launch and You know, for lack of a better word, like the cojones for a shower cap company to come out the gate being like, check out my lookbook, Vogue is ridiculous. But also, it worked. And the creative was why I had the confidence to say that. I was executing at such a high level for all of these other brands, whether it be beauty or anything else. And that's why I was able to kind of go there. And I think that the whole strategy behind the brand and the whole strategy behind launch, I don't know that I would have necessarily been able to jump in with both feet with such bold claims that way strategically if we if we didn't know that there was like a creative director, art director, you know, design thinking at our core. Um, but the other thing that I always try to point out is like, you know, you're a creative And if you've never been in this situation to use the skills, like, so differently, it's fascinating because people always ask me, like, how I transition from advertising to product design. But as a creative, the ability to, like, identify and hone and focus your vision and then work with collaborators to bring it to life and then understand how to give feedback, it's like... the greatest skill. And it doesn't matter if you're developing a Facebook ad or a logo or packaging design or a site or an outfit for styling or a shower cap. You know, like the fact that I was like, I want it to feel and look this certain way. And I wasn't deterred when, you know, the first sample room didn't come back perfect. I was just like, oh, I need this tweaked, that tweaked. That's all language that I had kind of like picked up in in my career um so i know that there's probably a lot of creatives listening but that's that for me is the most eye-opening thing is like how my skills had transcended like that that piece has become the most powerful for me because design thinking you know is at our core but that whole process is something that we innately understand as creatives and as designers, and that can be applied to whatever you're doing. I applied it to my org chart this morning, you know? Totally. And I think that that, that I mean, that does truly
0: resonate probably with a lot of creatives, um, but is also a really important takeaway point for those who might not be instinctively creative. And it's something we talked about in a previous podcast really about, and, you know, understanding exactly what your vision is and, and to, to harp on your point that I think was so, so relevant is understanding how to give feedback. Um, I think that that is something that uh, truly is a character strength in art directors in general. It's part of the process. And having that ability to look through the lens, but also really know how to get it to the end point is, is something that is a really, I think, a, a really good kind of takeaway. Um, I'd love to kind of dive into into our five things. And, you know, Because you essentially, you know, disrupted what is a a quote unquote mundane household item and you turned it into a chic and functional accessory. What are the five things that you think need to be top of mind when making something go from basic to noteworthy?
1: I love these questions so much, by the way. Um, When you come to New York City, we have to we have to hang out. The first is definitely identifying the problem, so I think, you know, there's a lot of startups and there's a lot of kids that go raise money for bullshit, for lack of a better word, and you can have seven million dollars in your seed round at the end of the day if what you're setting out to do doesn't actually solve anyone's problem and doesn't solve enough people's problem, or you know, doesn't solve a big enough problem for a large a large enough group of people, then you don't have a business, you know, like you can pump as much money as you want into Facebook ads, but it's only going to last as long as your spend does. And that piece of just like identifying the thing that needs solving is where the phrase like comes from that all, you know, necessity is, a, what is it? The necessity is the mother of invention. That's why so many inventors are solving a need for their own, like of their own, is because they know that problem inside and out. They've felt that problem and they feel passionately enough about that problem to then make it their life's work to change it. And that piece, like, can't be ignored. I think a lot of people have great ideas and then brand them or, you know, great ideas and pump money into them. But to have a really powerful idea, I always think that that needs to be there the strongest. Um, Should I go into the next one?
0: Yeah, so just now you would just start the second one being like the second thing I think is,
1: okay, next slide. The second thing is taking the first step. I've been talking about this a lot because everyone always asks me, you know, how long was it from the idea to when you first started working on your idea? And that piece I've noticed is really unique which is that there was, no, there was no time. Like, I immediately started on this journey to try to do this thing. And once I wrapped my head around the opportunity to, you know, reinvent the shower cap, and that phrase was so sticky, and I couldn't shake it but I just started taking like the first step and then the second step and then the third step. And then there was a massive hurdle. And then I would come back and then I'd take another step. But there was no point where I was like, should I do this? Should I not? You know, I have screen grabs. Um, I'm working on my talk. I'm speaking at, um, brand new conference in Chicago, but it's forced me to kind of go back and, and look at the beginning. Um, for all those little anecdotes and tidbits of, of things. And, um, I found chats like a flurry of chats, uh, in G which I don't even use anymore, but, um, this was in 2013, I think. And I had sent out like 15 chats to my friends being like, do you use a shower cap? And then the next one would be like, do you wash your hair every day? Do you use a shower cap? Do you wash your hair every day? And And it was, like, right when I had started working on it. And that was the first step, you know? It was, like, proving that this was actually a thing that was worth taking the second step for. And the fact that no one was washing their hair every day, but no one was using a shower cap, really. You know, like, I think, like, two or three. Um, And then there was, like, one or two stragglers that were like, yeah, I have one, but I rarely use it. Like, I don't depend on it. Um, That tension... And that must have been some of the the least expensive
0: market research ever done. It was. Just like It was. Just G-chat <laughs> all your friends. Yeah. <laughs> but the
1: most valuable, too.
0: <laughs> seriously.
1: It seriously was. And it's like when you're asking blind about the problem, right, and not necessarily asking, like, do you think my solution is the right solution? That's where I feel like it's valuable. I think focus groups, you know, we've all... Actually, I shouldn't say we, we've all been in them, but I've, I've sat in many. And I've had, like, I've had multimillion-dollar campaigns get derailed completely because one person in one focus group said they didn't like purple. Like, we had to... A yeah, nightmare. Yeah. And, like, people hate, quote-unquote, focus groups because of that. But when you're not focused on the end result, but you're focused on the core, then validating the core is a super important thing to do. Um, But yeah, super cheap way. Now they have Facebook surveys. That's like Facebook polls and Twitter polls is also super, super affordable. I don't even know if they were around that update when I first started on this. But Gchat, yeah, solid fallback. (laughs) I love it. Um, The third would be investing in design and crafting a strong brand DNA. So design happens to be our brand DNA, um, but investing in design, no matter what your brand stands for, is usually a really important place um, to spend time and energy. And I use the word investing really choicefully um, in that it doesn't have to equate to money. You know, you can invest time in finding the right collaborators to bring your vision to life. You can invest, you know, time in writing it yourself. Um, But when it comes to anything related to design or packaging or your site experience, um, especially your photography, we had talked about it a little bit earlier, but I do credit that to why this brand was able to launch the way that it did. And it is you know, something that comes free, quote unquote, to me, but for most people, um, you know, there's someone in your network who can execute at a high level. And if there isn't, I'd really encourage everyone to spend time figuring out who that person could be and how much that person would cost. Because right now, especially for consumer products, .com or retail, Design is the price of entry. Like you can't have shitty packaging and expect to, you know, sit in great, in great retailers. You can't have um, a bad site experience and and expect people to want to put in their credit card. It's it's a level of trust, and it doesn't have to be a luxury good. You know, if you're if you're selling a dog food and it's healthy, you know, you need to use your visual communication to communicate that um but you had asked earlier um you know if i credit that to why people understood what shower cap is and what we stood for and the funniest thing is like absolutely our site had full bleed photography and we didn't even have a product details page until like seven months ago so if that's any indication of what you know really strong visuals can do. Um, I just, I I get on my soapbox about it because I've been asked almost like insulting questions about like, you know, hiring $5 freelancers or like using those clip art websites. And not only is it like almost I try not to take it personally or take offense to it cuz like it truly has been my life's work and all of my education and like my core skill set and um but it it's it's almost like irresponsible to talk to a group of entrepreneurs and and let them think that that's going to get you what you need. Um so yeah, really investing in that and then using using design and using your brand to to really create what you want to stand for, um, and have it be authentic to you. And that's where the DNA comes in. Um, so, you know, we had used that dog food analogy, but if, if you stand for wholesomeness in dog food, then how does that translate to your brand tone of voice? You know, are you more honest? Are you more, you know, are you more simple? Are you, you know, are you more informative? But it, it's all about getting that magic mix right. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're not a surgeon, you shouldn't perform heart surgery. And if you want to sell a ton of things, um, whatever that thing is, I think that this is one of the most important pieces. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, preach the gospel. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, I think we're up to the fourth. Are we up to the fourth? Yeah, we're on to four. Uh, the fourth is launching with a purpose. So, you know, identifying what your purpose is and and that translating to the brand, but also making sure that your heart and your head is in the right place before you set out on, on this journey. Um, because entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You know, I think it looks really sexy, especially in 2017. But you have to love it so much. You have to love what you're doing so, so, so much. And you have to love it on the shittiest days. You have to love it so fucking much that you would rather be working on it on a Saturday than be at the boozy brunch with your friends. And no, that doesn't last forever. But if you're if you're launching with a reason and that can be any reason, you know, it can be because this product needs to exist in the world. It can be because you, you know, saw the glass ceiling at your corporate job and you, you need a reason to get out, but like really making sure that that's clear for you so that you have somewhere to go back to, um, when it gets really tough, cause it does. And I think that shower cap is going about as well as it could possibly go, to be honest, like, I talk about that a lot. We've been self-funded. Like we are growing our team organically with people who are passionate and, you know, and really believe in the brand. And I'm, I'm so fortunate for all of those things. And, and the product is resonating with women, but you know, my, my personal journey is still, it's still tough, you know? So I just, that's, that's the next piece is just making sure that like, A, you know what you're in for and B, your purpose is aligned with something that is core to you, um, and core to your values. And, and for me, um, especially now, since I decided to launch self-funded and we're growing in this way, that's my purpose. You know, I really do want to continue to grow this way and there aren't really that many people, I think that are growing this quickly without investment. So that has become really part of my journey. Um, and it can grow and it can evolve and it can change, you know? But when it's authentic, that's where that's where you, you cause kind of like a, a connection with what you're building um, that can translate to employees and vendors and retailers and press and chicks that you talk to on podcasts. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, the fifth thing would be making sure you know where you're going next. So being ahead of the curve and, and really taking a step back and looking at the big picture and then, and then identifying where that goal is. Um, I'm really big on intention setting and I'm very goal-driven. Obviously, I don't think I'd be an entrepreneur if I wasn't, but um, I have a lot of friends um, and some family that do this as well. And it's really interesting to see how it can kind of translate to whatever your, whatever your career path or life path is. Um, but I love the fact that like you can kind of just like use your energy um, whether it be conscious or subconscious, to manifest your own destiny. Like, that makes me feel, like, you know, inspired and also, you know, fueled. Um, but that being said, like, setting your intentions f- forces you to, f- to look forward. Um, and it, it prevents you from dwelling on anything in the past. And I think that's. And how often are you? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to cut it's you off. Okay. But how often are you
0: intention setting? Is it something that you're doing on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a yearly basis? Like, what's kind of your approach to that? Because I, I do agree it's incredibly important.
1: I have I have like little ways that I do it, and I have big ways that I do it. Um, I try to do it once a year for like my own personal goals or what I want to see more of. Um, so. My husband and I do, instead of, like, New Year's resolutions, which tend to always kind of focus on the negative, we do, uh, like, a annual bucket list. Um, and that can be, like, an emotional thing of, like, something that you want to better about yourself or, like, somewhere that you want to go. But I do that. And then um, my alarm names on my phone every morning are not, um, this is, like, a, a sillier one. They're not, like, wake up now it's, it's a string of emojis that kind of like feel like different things. So one that I use a lot is like shower emoji, shower emoji, like money bag, money bag, bomb, you know, explosion, whatever. (laughs) And then I have one that's like more love focused with like, just like the, you know, the yellow guy with the, the hearts in his eyes and like the husband and wife and whatever. And like, I, it seems so silly, but I have like six of them. And it's like giving yourself a little boost in the morning, like some people like speak to themselves in the mirror to pump themselves up, but for me that feels a little much. I just I like being able to kind of identify what I want for the next day and like letting it be this like light passive way to kind of like do that same thing. Um, I love that. I I love that ability to kind of
0: infuse it into just the smallest little moments in a day. I think that that's like, because sometimes I think, as you said, even with resolutions, and setting intentions and goal setting and all of that, it can feel really lofty. And so sometimes it feels unapproachable or a bit daunting for people and so I think that that is a that's a really cool way to integrate it
1: and I love that yeah I don't know where I got it from I just did it one day but I've been talking about it and it's actually starting to like become a thing so definitely do it and send me a screen grab (laughs) I will I'm going to well, thank you so much for
0: those. I mean, that, the meat in that is like so, so inspiring and, and very, very relevant. And I, I fully agree with, you know, everything that you've said. And I, I love, um, you know, the fourth thing that you mentioned about the importance of purpose and values, I, I think is an incredibly important point because whether you're, you know, self funded or funded, um, your team is going to look to you for their purpose um and, and to drive your brand and so like having a lot of clarity on that is incredibly critical. So thank you for all of that insight. Thanks. What is next for you? Like what do you see next week or next year or the next
1: three years? Like
0: what what's up?
1: Yeah. God, so much is up. Everything's up. Um <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean it's like it's just we're really busy. Um, we're making a lot of caps. We're onboarding like five new factories to, you know, max out our holiday demand. It's kind of insane. Um, we're growing the team, uh, you know, and, and because we are small and mighty right now, it's so important that these people are like the right culture fit. In addition to, obviously I'm pretty like. You know, I have a high bar when it comes to skill and drive and all of those things. But the the magic mix of like the right team members to to grow with us is is definitely like where my head is at as CEO and founder right now. Um, when I put my you know chief creative officer <laughs> hat on, I'm really excited um, for what's next. In uh, we're launching some new prints. Um, and there's gonna be a really big push behind that. So that piece is is really exciting. And then um, Fashion Week is coming up. So I'm going to a bunch of shows and I hope it rains so that I can rock one. I did that with our first prototype and I can't wait to do it now that we're like a real company. Um, And yeah, I mean, we have um, big visions for what we're gonna do after shower caps, uh, really focused again in that design and innovation of where everything started. But for now, like we feel like we've barely scratched the surface on what this brand can do. And we're, we're not only just like busting open the shower cap category, but we really are creating a new one. And that piece is just like, we're just getting started. So I won't I, I don't want to like be in my own city or like in my own office building and have people be like, oh, what shower cap? Like, that's my that's my most immediate goal until until people know the brand name and we really truly start to become a household name. I don't want to take my eye off this ball because being laser focused is like what got us here, you know.
0: I love it. Debunking the what is dot 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 exactly true
1: true
0: mission true mission <laughs> true mission. Um, okay, so so many juicy bits in there, and I, I really appreciate your insight because I know it's incredibly valuable and it's um, it's it's really important for listeners like ours who are you know setting out to create their own brands or or setting out to achieve their creative missions. And it's you know insight like yours that really kind of helps guide that path, I have to ask my very kind of last question. If you could go out to dinner with any three people, like anyone, it could be living or dead,
1: who do you choose? Where do you go? Uh, Sarah Blakely, Beyonce, and Sasha Gray, the porn star. Or I should say like erotic it. erotic performer. Um, I just love the dynamic of having like such uniquely powerful females in one conversation. I just think it would be fascinating because they all have this like palpable, like feminist female energy. Um, And it's all so different. So I think that that would be so, so, so fun. Um, Where would we go? I don't know, sushi? (laughs) I don't know, right? I don't know, where do you take Beyonce?
0: I don't know. What are those sushi places where they, like, you eat off naked bodies? Yeah, 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 yeah. Those vibes. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Awesome, Jackie. Okay, so obviously we we have to do a shameless plug. So share with us your website, your social handles, anywhere that our listeners can find you. Cool.
1: Um, So Shower Caps social handles across all platforms is Shower Cap with three H's. S-H-H-H-O-W-E-R-C-A-P. Um, then my personal is the phonetic spelling of my last name, uh, DJ Zoo. It's at D-E-E-J-A-Y-Z-O-O. Another really fun thing to say, but born out of the fact that no one can ever pronounce my last name and everyone always thinks it's Jesus, which it's not. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's where I am. I'm on my personal Instagram a little bit less, but I'm trying to now that my bandwidth has opened up. I just think it's really important for me to like be out there and like on stories and and posting um, as founder. Um, but we're really active on all platforms, so like please follow and say hi. We're nice. We write back. Yeah. We're not like That's we're it. not too cool to write back. We write back.
0: <laughs> awesome, Jackie. Thank you so much. Thank you. And for all of our listeners, be sure to. Check out the latest issue of the Shapeshift Report on ShapeshiftReport.co and follow along to all the great social happenings at Shapeshift Report across all channels.